for our weekly conversation with Eldorado Eagle, Michigan Wolverine, and NFL tight end Zach Gentry on ESPN Radio 1017 The Team. Presented by the Sports Bar at Sandia Resort and Casino. Close to home, far from ordinary. Now, here's Zach Gentry. I got everything I need. That is correct. We're live from the Sandia Sports Bar. Joe O'Neill, Scott Galetti, Sam Hauser back in studio. And joining us as he does every Monday night at this time is Cincinnati Bengal tight end Zach Gentry. So, Zach, uh, you're on a team that many thought were, were going to win the Super Bowl this year. I mean, or, or be in the, the, the thick of things. Um, Hasn't worked out so far. One and three on the season. Uh, a twenty-seven to three loss uh, to the Tennessee Titans yesterday. So uh, I gotta imagine today you guys did your light lifting, but there was some meetings and some film. What were things like at at Bengals headquarters today, Zach? Yeah, I mean it was uh, you know definitely frust- frustrating tone. Um, you know, it's, it's especially frustrating losing games like that. Um, against opponents you're familiar with, you know, the Bengals, you know, played the, the Titans in a lot of close games in recent years and in a lot of games that have, uh, you know, carried a lot of weight, um, playoff games, AFC championship games, just stuff like that. Um, so a team, a team that knows the Bengals well and vice versa. So frustrating to lose a team like that. But, um, last week put a lot of emphasis on the fact that this Titans team that we just played was, uh, very similar to an AFC North opponent, you know, very similar to the, you know, Ravens, Steelers, Browns, um, physical teams that like to run the ball, like to do things kind of the old-fashioned way. So um, knew it was going to be an uphill battle, but definitely frustrating to not come away victorious in, in games like that. Yeah, and, you know, obviously uh, you guys actually, Sam, and you guys were going over the defense last week, and, and they uh, made all the difference in the world in the win against uh, the Browns. But uh, so many people think of the Bengals' offense and, you know, Joe Burrow and Nick, you know, uh, Joe Mixon and, and the receiving core. Uh, Jamar Chase, and, and I watched the whole five-minute interview, and we'll get to it here in a second, but everybody's honing in, and I'm watching the count down to Monday Night Football on this comment that he made after the game uh, played for us, Sam. Sam. In four games this season, do you feel like you've had less time to get open and create space for yourself? No, nah, I'm open. I'm always open. Excuse my profanity. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Well, there's a guy that scored 22 touchdowns in his first 29 games, Zach. Uh, he hasn't scored a touchdown yet this season. Uh, I listened to the whole t- interview, and in 90% of the things, 99% of the things he said uh, was team-oriented, that Joe Burrow would be back, and he's not worried. They just, you know, they got to do more to step up. But everybody's honing in on, on that, and that, I guess, is the frustration you were talking about uh, because this team is so talented, I guess. Huh, Zach? Yeah, I mean, for sure. Um, 
That's that's definitely where a lot of the frustration comes from, I think. That locker room is so unbelievably talented. I mean, on both sides of the ball, there's a lot of defenders who are great, but, I mean, the receiving core alone is fantastic. Joe Mixon is um, a heck of a running back. You know, he got a solid O-line. I mean, obviously, Joe Burrow, quarterback. So it's tough to uh, kind of stomach those losses and know that how much more capable you are as, as a team and maybe as individuals in that team. So I can see why, you know, something like that comes out. You know, he's a great route runner, great wide receiver in the NFL, so uh, frustration's kind of boiling over, especially frustrations when you know how good you can be. Um, but, you know, as far as Jamar goes, you know, he's he's always been, you know, nothing but, you know, first class around the team. The, the, the amount of time that I've, you know, I've been here for about a month now, and so, um, you know, like you said, he made some good team-oriented points and stuff like that, and that's, that's the kind of guy he is, but um, I think he's just frustrated, you know, being a guy who's who's been able to see so many more deep balls and so much more production, you know, when Joe's healthy and uh, to kind of have a little bit of that drop off is just frustrating for him. And, and as a, as a team in general, take us into what it is the whole team literally watching uh, the game film or is everybody, all the position people off to the side working, looking at it. I, I mean, I, I'm curious, uh, how does that watching of the film take place, Zach? Sure, and I think it's usually pretty standard as far as uh, teams go watching the, the game tape. Uh, usually start with uh, special teams, so the people who are in um, you know, the core special teams unit, kickoff, kickoff return, punt, punt return, um, they usually watch that, that tape first, um, kind of break up in those groups. And then from there, uh, teams maybe do it a little differently. Um, uh, it could be like a team meeting, watch some, watch some tape, hone it on some you know larger issues um and then usually just it just goes from special teams into um offense defense unit and then from the unit breaks into like individual so you might watch a handful of plays and hear from the coordinator about you know his perspective of the game and his corrections that he wants to make and then as you hear those coaching points of the unit then you watch and digest the most of the entirety of the film as a position groups like a tight end group will watch all of the plays together, and that's where a lot of the coaching finer details will get done. And, you know, I got to ask you, I mean, we're talking to Zach Gentry, the Cincinnati Bengals here on Team Talk. We're live from the Sandia Sports Bar. I I guess, uh, you know, at at the professional level, guys are getting called out. There might be some embarrassment that goes along with it, or uh, are the coordinators and and head coach Zach Taylor a little bit more tempered in their uh, criticism, or is it it pretty much bottom-line stuff, Zach? They're definitely more more tempered uh, coaches than I've ever been around. Um, as far as that goes, they have a you know very calm demeanor, and you know I think really the important thing is when you get to this point. A lot of times, what you put on tape is you know you're aware of it. You're professional. I mean, most of the guys, uh, if not all of them, have already watched the tape two or three times on their own okay. on the iPad before they get into the, the film room. So they're aware, and you know they know um, you know what 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 corrections to make. But at the same time, you know. You mentioned like kind of calling people out and things like that. I mean, that does happen. You know, you, you're professional athlete. You're expected to do your job. Um, but it's kind of funny. You know, you, you get to a certain point. You watch tape for so long, um, and you've dealt with criticisms for so long. Whether it's you know fans, coaches, yourself, um, you know, and the standard that you, you hold yourself to, that you really develop a, a lot of thick skin as far as that stuff goes. You know, it's really you get in the film room, even if you're called out. You know, it could be a little embarrassing or whatever. But at the same time, you know. Um, the tape is never as good as you think it's going to be, and it's never as bad as you think it's going to be. So 
um, used used to that kind of criticism and that kind of feedback. You know, a lot of the times it's just making sure you get things right. It's not um, always necessarily a, a bad thing. So speaking of things you hear from coordinators, we uh, were talking in the first hour. Uh, Coach Danny Gonzalez, Lobo uh, football team, played pretty good game against Wyoming, fell short, uh, lost the game um, here 30, uh, 35-26, lost the game in Laramie. Not uh, not a bad loss at all, but uh, Coach uh, Gonzalez was disappointing in the tackling. He called it atrocious. Um, so, you know, you – haven't been on defense since you were back in high school at El Dorado when you were playing youth football, uh, but obviously you're around coaches a lot that talk about the importance of, of tackling. Like, what are the things that you hear out of defensive coordinators when, when guys aren't tackling properly? I mean, uh, I mean, it's not going to be a perfect technique every time because you guys on offense are doing everything you can to get away from them, but, but what are things that you're constantly hearing at the professional level when it, you hear coordinators talk about the uh, importance of, of proper tackling, Zach. Yeah, I mean, that's a great point. I think really there's been a little bit more, you know, I wouldn't say um, there's maybe been a little bit of a lack of emphasis on, you know, wrapping up and, and, and um, you know, right. I guess aggressive tackling through the hip. I mean, a lot of times you see DBs now, there's been more of a, a trend over the last five, ten years of uh, you know, DBs want to take on the guy low because they don't want to get uh, run over, you know, because they're smaller in stature and size and strength. And so a lot of times they're just lunging at the legs, lunging at the feet, trying to throw their body weight into them. And, you know, that's, um, I mean, just not not the ideal tackling form, you know, that you're taught from youth sports all the way up, you know, seeing your target wrapping, um, getting your head on the upside, up, up, up field side of the, yeah. of the player, you know. And so it's, um, it's interesting, you know, as an offensive guy, the perspective for me is, I'm such a big guy that when I catch it, I want to get north and south as quickly as possible. Because when you watch the tape, it's like, you know, from like I said, from an offensive perspective, it's like these guys don't—they don't really want to tackle us. You know, they want to be in coverage. They're, there's a premium basically on on DBs in the NFL that can come down and aren't afraid to tackle and hit. That's why they, those guys get paid significantly more than just pure cover corners um, right. and, and, and safeties. So there is a little bit of a discrepancy, a little lack of technique. Um, I would say it's been going on for a little bit, um, and. That's why I think you see a lot more high-scoring games. You know, you get you get bigger-bodied receivers and tight ends out in open space where, you know, they're able to break through some arm tackles and stuff like that and stay in bounds and stay on their feet. Um, you know, that's, that kind of stuff's going to happen. They're going to put some points on the board. Yeah, and Coach Williams was talking about how, you know, you don't want to leave your feet when you're trying to tackle. Uh, you know, it makes it a lot easier for guys like you to use that stiff arm when – Guys don't have the stability, and they're they're lunging at you as you as you mentioned. Uh, we're talking to Zach Gentry of the Cincinnati Bengals. He's joining us here on Team Talk. Um, one last thing before I bring uh, Sam and Scott Galetti into the mix is this Monday night game. Seattle is in New York. A quarterback, of course, for the Giants is a guy named Daniel Jones. And you got to spend some time around Daniel Jones at the Combine, right? You knew he was the, the quarterback for Duke, uh, but you saw him at the Combine and uh, pretty impressed with the guy, right? All the way around, you got to know him a little bit. And he uh, he actually scored pretty well at the Combine. Your thoughts on, on Daniel Jones and his athleticism, Zach? Yeah, yeah, I got to spend a little time around him. He was like in my little circuit group there and was thrown to us at the combine. So, um, I mean, just a, from my perspective, just a real normal, easygoing, nice guy. You know, you'd have never known, um, really. You know, I remember being at the combine and, um, you know, not really extremely aware of who he was and then watching, 
on uh, on the first day of the draft, seeing him get picked, I think in like the top five or something. I was like, "Dang, okay, that's the guy I was with." Holy crap! So, uh, you know, Daniel Jones is one of those guys that just he seems like he just continues to sneakily trend um, up. You know, he's it's funny watching him on tape too. Is he's somebody who's who's kind of sneaky athletic? You know, he he gets a lot of, of uh, you know jokes and stuff because I think it was a couple years ago he broke away for like a 70 yard run and tripped over his own feet and fell or something like that but um, you know he can get out in open space and move a little bit they do a little bit of zone read type stuff with him too it's pretty interesting but um, he seems like he's leading the team well um, he's, he's got a talented arm I mean you know like I said he's, he's sneaky athletic he's definitely more athletic than you think he is so it'll be interesting to see how he does against the uh, Seattle defense tonight but um, I think he's a little better than people give him credit for Zach, we're talking about the mood in the locker room, the mood among the coaching staff, and you're mentioning that things are, you know, the coaches are trying to stay as level headed as possible. As much as one could being on the opposite end of the country, I feel like we kind of got to know Coach Tomlin a little bit over the over the years talking to you. Zach Taylor, I get major, I'm not mad, I'm disappointed vibes with Coach <laughs> Taylor. It, have you had a moment where you've experienced him as a yeller yet? You know, not really. I mean, he's, and I think it's pretty standard for him. I don't think he's a big um, yeller, screamer, get in your face. I think, uh, I think a lot of guys respect the way he goes about it because we are professionals. And you know, if somebody drops a ball or if somebody has a mental error, um, of course they're not trying to do that. Everybody wants to catch the ball. Everybody wants to do their assignment. And, um, he's aware of that. I mean, obviously there's a standard of expectation to get those things done, but um, he's not overly emotional, too high, too low. Um, I think he does a great job of leading the team in that way. You know, I think. It's easy for guys to get behind a guy like that that's um, not always uh, super tuned in to you know belittling people and yelling and stuff like that because we are at this level. So yeah, he's pretty cool, calm, collected guy. Uh, really sharp when it comes to X's and O's. But um, I think you'd be right. I think um, you know not as much of a yeller like like you put it. I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. Which is worse, right? Isn't that worse than a coach being a yeller? You know, in some ways it is. Um, but you know, like I said, it, yeah. at this level, I mean, if you're if you're a true pro, I mean, then you're you're already hard enough on yourself as it is. Um, uh, you know, it's it's a if you, if you're in the NFL and, and and you mess up and it's no big deal and you're you know the coach is the first time that you're feeling, um, you know, uh, responsible for something that went wrong that you did wrong, then, then then that's not good. You know, you should take ownership right away, and that should the coach can reinforce maybe the coaching point or whatever and, and display his feelings about it, but it shouldn't be the first time that you're experiencing that kind of feeling. In a case like yesterday, Bengals get on the board first and then Tennessee's able to take control from there. When it gets to the point that it did in a case like yesterday for you and your career, Zach, it, are there some games where it's easier to just maybe try to call it a one-off and, and put it, you know, flush it down the drain, so to say, more than others when... In a case like that, when when Tennessee's controlling the game at the end, is there a mental part of you where it's easier to just start looking ahead to what you need to do better for next week? You know, I, I don't know if that point really comes during play. You know, that's certainly certainly after. But you know, in a game like that, I mean, kind of a weird game. You know, we go down and score. You know, get on the board first, and then you know, no you know, no points for the rest of the game. Um, put a big emphasis on going down and being the first team to score. Uh, we wanted to receive the ball going into that game. We talked about that all week. And so uh, to, to go in there and, and, and get a quick field goal on the board um, down close to their goal line and then, uh, you know, just not find a rhythm for the rest of the game is, 
it's, it's frustrating, but you know, it's, it's hard. Um, it's hard not to look forward, you know, in, in instances like that, especially when it gets down towards the end of the game, when, uh, when, when basically, you know, you're all aware that it's not, it's going to be put away soon, but you know, you still got to keep fighting. And so you just got to make sure you're focused to task at hand. You can't get, you know, too preoccupied with what's going to happen, uh, down the line. You just got to be focused, locked in on what's going on in the moment. And, um, I think that's super important, but it is challenging though, uh, to your point in games like that, when, when, when you can kind of feel it, it's, it's a little bit of a runaway. Yeah, very weird game, though. Like you said, Derrick Henry with a, a touchdown pass, a couple weird fluky plays along the way, and you guys are moving on to the next one now. And it kind of a, kind of an interesting case here, Zach, as we're talking to Cincinnati Bengals tight end Zach Gentry. Going to, uh, next game at Arizona, going to play a Cardinals team. I mean, it's, it's in the past now, but we just saw a couple weeks ago what can happen when any NFL team is playing an NFL team. That Cardinals team, the epitome of... Uh, of an NFL Sunday. So as we're talking about, you know, this is all about you guys getting focused, you know, getting ready for the next game. I mean, I mean just talk a little bit about that, Zach, of y- you can't go in any game thinking that you're going to take it, that you're going to take control because a team like Arizona can do what they did to a team like the Cowboys. So, I mean, you guys got to be ready for Arizona. Sure. And Arizona has been flashing, you know, they're, they're one and three as well going into this game, but um, I, I think they've played better than a one and three, you know, their record shows. Um, physical team you know they do a lot of things similarly on defense that, that the rams did um they're you know it, it's it's just funny you know it, it, it's the nfl at the end of the day any team can beat any team on any on any sunday it's 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 not about you know um accolades or anything going into the game it's, it's whoever plays best on that day you know it, it truly is and so that's why it, it always you know cracks me up when people consider themselves uh really good at, at being able to you know get after Vegas and the sports book and stuff like that. Cause I, I mean, I would hate to, to have to, to have to, uh, swing out a bunch of bets on Sundays and stuff. Cause I mean, it's really so unpredictable that, you know, it, it's tough to be able to, to be able to tell who's going to win and by what margin and stuff like that in, in the national football league, because all the games are so tight. And like you said, you never know what's going to happen. I think Arizona is a really capable team. I think I've got a really good relationship with their quarterback, Josh Dobbs, spent a lot of time around him. I think he's, um, done a great job stepping in with minimal preparation. He's been doing a really good job for them, not turning the ball over, uh, you know, as much as somebody who is put in that situation might. He's, he's flashed and made a lot of plays, so they're definitely a dangerous team and a team that I think is on the rise as well a little bit. I uh, What, an actual uh, aerospace engineer or something? I mean, you talk about one of the, the smartest dudes. That's a good guy to be friends with, Zach. I mean, anytime there's a trivia night, you go play with Josh Dobbs and you guys are going to go win something. <laughs> No doubt about it. It's actually kind of funny. So when my dad and I went out to Tennessee to visit, um, when I was in high school, he actually hosted me on my official Josh Dobbs did. Um, and then, so I ended up playing with him in Pittsburgh for a few years as well. And, you know, got to know him even better, but you know, I've, I started kind of having a relationship with him back in things like 2013 or 14 or something like that. You know, there, there was obviously also in the past now, but we didn't get, we didn't ask you about this the last week, Zach, because there was so much going on, but it was interesting to hear a lot of, uh, Current, current and former players try to dig up in their minds. A couple of weeks ago, when the Dolphins score 70 points, you have all these players trying to remember, have they ever seen anything like that between El Dorado, Michigan? I mean, certainly not in the NFL because it hardly ever happens, but in your entire football life, do you have a memory of being on a, being in a game that was on either side of that where a team just scored that many points? Well, my sophomore year at Michigan, we went and played at Rutgers. Um we ended up walking away from that one. We won seventy-eight to nothing. Um, oh. 
Yeah, so that was, um, you know, I was a young guy there too, and so I got some some pretty good playing time, so I was happy about it. But, um, yeah, 78 to nothing, I think they had, like, negative rushing yards or something like that. So I've been around a few of those games, you know, like you said, those those don't happen in the NFL too often. They shouldn't really happen too often in the NFL, but... um, well, dang, look at those high school scores. I mean, that's that's like uh, an average Friday night for some of these games. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Well, uh, talking about Michigan, Michigan a big winner at Nebraska, 45-7 to on Saturday. Now they play at the Fighting Sam Hausers, Minnesota. This is a grudge match between you and Sam Hauser. I want nothing to do with that. <laughs> oh, come on, Sam. Play along. With a fight for the little brown jug. Let's go. <laughs> Well, your thought on just how they're playing, because they continue to roll along, and they really haven't been headed so far. Yeah, I think a lot of people thought that this was going to be a big challenge for them. You know, uh, Nebraska, not uh, you know as great as they traditionally have been, but at the same time, I mean, it's tough to go into a place like that in Lincoln and, and, and play your absolute best. Uh, hostile environment, you know, they sell out, they've sold out hundreds and hundreds of consecutive games, um, so they've always got the support. It's really one of those games, uh, you know, Michigan was going into, I didn't know exactly what was going to happen because there was a lot of national, uh, you know, questions about, you know, how are they going to go in on the road? And because they haven't looked, you know, they haven't put necessarily like a complete game together. I would say Michigan has. So, um, I think they answered a lot of questions there as far as being able to go on the road. First road test of the year, a uh, big 10 matchup and they, uh, you know, played a complete game. I think uh, I was tuned into that one. You know, Nebraska scored in junk time when I think Michigan's threes were in, and it was cool to get to see a lot of different guys rotating in for Michigan, but um, certainly a great game for them, confidence builder, and, um, you know, holding on to that number two spot right behind Georgia. From what you've seen, I don't know how much college ball you get to see, Zach, with your busy schedule as opposed to maybe one or two games a week, but what has surprised you so far in the college season? Oh, man. Um, you know, I don't know if there's anything incredibly shocking. You know, I think um, one thing that's a little unique to me this year as opposed to other years, I think I touched on it maybe a little bit before, but the fact that there's not really a team that's that, that's running away with everything right now. You know, usually by this point of the season, you know, like last, last year and two years ago, it was Georgia. You know, it was Georgia's championship to lose. They had the roster, they had the stats, they had the schedule, all that good stuff. And this year, it kind of seems like the field's a little more open. You know, um, Georgia maybe not as potent as they have been. You know, some question marks around Michigan a little bit. Um, Florida State rising, they look pretty good. Are they a complete team? You know, yet to be seen. Texas is rising, same thing. You know, um, Alabama, where are they going to be? You know, so Washington looks explosive as all get out on offense. I mean, they look fantastic. Um, so it, I think it's really the first time in definitely the last maybe four, three, four, five years or something like that, where it seems like there's four or five different teams that could kind of be in the mix there as legitimate championship contenders at the end of the season, which I think is really exciting. All right, Zach. So uh, you really uh, are feeling good, uh, getting a lot of of really good reps in at practice, uh, catching a lot of passes, feeling really good about your speed, uh, and uh, your health is is you feel a hundred percent, Zach. No, no, no bumps or bruises, even. Yeah, no, I I feel great. I mean, I feel great just just practicing hard. You know, I I have. uh, you know, body feels great. Like like you said, I feel fast, man. I feel I've, I've dropped a few pounds from my time in uh, Pittsburgh, where you know where I was primarily used as a blocker. So I've gotten 
gotten down a little bit, not too much, but, um, you know, I feel, I feel fresh. I feel quick. I feel fast. I'm uh, light on my feet still, you know, aggressive and, and all that good stuff. So, you know, I feel as good as I have my entire career. So, you know, I'll be, I'll be ready when, when, when the, when the call comes for sure. I got to ask you this, as much time as you spend in the weight room, and like when you come back to Albuquerque, you're in the El Dorado weight room for hours, uh, and yet I was talking to you uh, the other day, and you had just gotten a delivery of weights in the mail to your uh, to your apartment. Like, what could you possibly be getting weights-wise that you're using <laughs> at your apartment when you are basically lifting weights almost every single day of the week? Tell us what the this is we all uh, you know guys like scott galetti and me need to figure something out with regard to weight training what what did you get delivered to your uh, apartment zach <laughs> i'm a little bit of a compulsive buyer in that way where uh you know i'll be i'll be you know scrolling or watching something on youtube or instagram and i'll see uh, uh like a fitness video or something and so I, I figured, you know, I already do like a little bit of band work in my apartment, stretch out like the hip flexors and stuff like that and like little balance, balance stuff when I'm bored. And so, uh, you know, just got some light weights, nothing crazy, 10, 15 pounds. And, you know, I saw something where if you do, do some uh, upper body workouts before bed, you know, light, lightweight, high rep stuff that that can help you a little bit, you know, get a little stronger. So I'm always kind of doing, doing goofy little stuff like that to, to see if I can get an edge. So. We'll see, we'll see if that pans out. If it works, I'll, uh, I'll send the routine to Scott. He can, he can arm wrestle or something when I get back home. I appreciate that, Zach. Thank you so much. Oh, I love it. I love it. Uh, yeah, you don't want uh, – Sam, do you want to arm wrestle Zach about who's going to win this Michigan-Minnesota game, or are you going to pass? Do I want to? Yeah, no. yeah, yeah. If you, if you told me that I had to because it was work-related, sure. <laughs> Sam, let's let's hear what's Sam. What's your score prediction of this game? Let's go. Oh man, this one might be a, a seventy something kind of day. I tell you what, Blake Corum, JJ McCarthy, that that Minnesota team can't move the dang ball. Tell you what, we might be looking at a seventy. They, 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 what what Sam not. is saying is is he he hopes there's a boat to row. Uh, for uh, Minnesota, if you know what I mean. Uh, yeah, the, who's their head coach? The row the boater coach there, Sam. PJ uh, PJ Fleck. P- but I mean, yeah. talking about that. How how about uh, I mean, how about some some points that you can put on the rest of college football, Zach? Michigan's just toying with these guys at this point. You got different assistant coaches that are being acting head coach the first few weeks with Harbaugh out, and now they're just ready to stomp everybody. They're they're toying with teams. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, you know. Hopefully it's going to pay off, you know, having all those different guys at the helm and hopefully it brings a little more chemistry and all that. But, you know, it's going to come down to running the ball, making those big plays when they can and not turning the dang ball over. Um, You know, they would have been in the national championship last year had they not turned that dang ball over. So, you know, we'll see how it it all turns out, you know, towards the turn of the season. Where is the game? Is it in uh, the big house or is it in uh, in, in, at Minnesota? Because... I, they, you know, do we? Does anybody know off the top of their head where the game is? That's what I was going to say. Isn't there going to be a, a bunch of blue and maize? It is at Minnesota in, in that joint. I mean, you know that for a fact, right there, uh, Zach. I mean, you're going to have a lot of Wolverine fans in the house on NBC, no less. Okay, well, we'll check yeah. it out. Yeah, so I we'll mean, s- if I know one thing about the Michigan fans, they're going to travel well. So I would anticipate having a having a few Michigan fans there for sure. <laughs> 
Zach, all right. Well, uh, thank you so much for joining us, and uh, you keep working hard and uh, getting those edges, and uh, we'll be uh, seeing you soon, I'm sure. But one way or the other, we'll talk to you next Monday night. Does that sound all right, Zach? Actually, he's. I think I'm going to speak for Zach when he says, It sounds great, Joe. I look forward to talking to you guys every single week. All right, that is Zach Gentry, tight end for the Cincinnati Bengals, joining us as he does every Monday night. Love talking to Zach. What a guy, huh? What a guy to have from New Mexico. All right, uh, when we come back, we are going to do our red. No, we're going to do the top five. It's been way too long since we've done the top five. We'll do the top five when we come back. Team Talk live from. From Sandia Sports Bar, ESPN Radio 101.7 The Team.